0: This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. What a play! Can you believe this? <laughs> no, I can It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Off to the races, and he stays on his feet. This just going to go the distance. Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath.
1: Well, good morning, everybody, and welcome to uh, Fantasy Football Today. It is Tuesday morning and obviously everybody talking about DeMar Hamlin and we are thinking about him, of course, and wishing the best for DeMar Hamlin and his family. Adam, Dave, and Jamie here on Fantasy Football today and we all experienced the the worst feeling we've experienced ever watching football. It was uh, it was very sad and um, Buffalo second year safety DeMar Hamlin went into cardiac arrest. That was in the first quarter last night. The Bills said in a statement that Hamlin's heartbeat was restored on the field. He was transferred to the UC Medical Center for further testing and treatment, and he's currently sedated and listed in critical condition. The team has traveled back to Buffalo. Uh, the game was postponed. It was 7-3 to three in the first quarter. And um, I hope all of you have been able to see that the, the charity that Tamar Hamlin started, the Chasing M's Foundation Community Toy Drive, has now raised over $3.4 million. So everyone is rallying around DeMar Hamlin, and we understand here that nobody cares right now about fantasy football or the NFL, and everybody is focused on DeMar Hamlin. We are going to have... A normal show you know we're going to talk about what we were intending to talk about today week 18 waiver wire a little bit of 2023 stuff and and uh i don't know, talk about some of the lessons we learned on the waiver wire this year but of course it is with the you know it is with demar hamlin on our mind and we're wishing him the best and every time my phone vibrates i'm just hoping it's a positive update on demar hamlin and we are all in the same boat uh if you guys want to say anything um i know we're all in the same boat in terms of what we're feeling right now but uh, good morning, Jamie.
2: Yeah, just uh, you know, scary, very, very scary. Um, you know, experiencing that as it happened, and you know, having been uh, around a lot of you know NFL locker rooms and and NFL sidelines uh, to see the looks on 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 the players' faces was jarring. You know, clearly we didn't experience it to the same level that that those guys did, and you know, hopefully they'll be able to you know recover mentally and emotionally from you know, this, the situation, uh, God willing, the outcome is like you said, Adam, it's, it's positive and that we get the, the, the positive you know report that we're waiting to hear, uh, just r- ridiculously situation that, you know, I, I don't know what, what will change from this, you know, if player safety is clearly, uh, of an utmost importance, but, um, just, just jarring, absolutely jarring, you know, to see how that unfolded. And I'm glad you brought up his charity, you know, just to, f- <laughs> he, he, his, Goal when he started the charity was in 2020 to raise $2,500, and and the fact that it's over three, almost three and a half million, um, is 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 just shows the the, the good in people and and like you said, rallying around this young man. So, uh, clearly we're thinking of him, and, and hopefully he's uh he's he's gonna pull through this. And you know I, I know a lot of people have questions about their their fantasy championships. Like you said, that's that's sort of irrelevant right, right now. Uh, I did see a lot of fantasy leagues. You know some people posting that they just didn't even care about the outcome and and they put all the the winnings to the charity. That's a pretty cool thing to do. I know a lot of people can't really afford to do that, but you know, if you are in in the, in in the, you have the security to do something like that, I think it's a pretty cool thing.
0: Yeah. Uh, faith in humanity restored for sure. I don't have a whole lot else to add. Jamie, uh, said it very, very well. So did you Adam. So thanks for that.
1: Yeah. We're going to address the whole fantasy angle of it here. Um, but Dave, uh, uh, gosh, it's a, it's a terrible way to start the show, and, and, uh, but it's important. Dave, I know you have a heavy heart today as well. Somebody that we had on our show this offseason uh, we lost. Uh, Want to tell us about it?
0: Yeah, we uh, had Ushay Waneri to talk about offensive line play, not just during the offseason, but we did a live stream during the season. Just an absolute wonderful person who loved football, loved talking about football, Got into fantasy this year. I got into his fantasy league with him, and he suffered what's believed to be a heart attack and died at the age of 38 uh, two days before New Year's. And he was was a new friend, and it seemed like a a guy that I would know for a long time and um, just really sad to have learned of his passing. And so that was yesterday, too. It's it's been a tough day.
1: I'm sorry. Uh, That's so sad. He was a pleasure. To interview, I only get to t- mm-hmm. uh, talk to him once. Ushay Wineri, former guard for the Jacksonville Jaguars, and he came on. I mean, said during the offseason, he came on right before the season started to talk about the best offensive lines and gave incredible insight. He was very engaging, very funny. Off the air, we talked for a little bit before and after the show. I had a, I had a pleasure talking to him. So that is um, that is a tough one. I'm I'm sorry, Dave. I know you developed a relationship with him, so. Uh, thoughts to uh, the family of Ushay Waneri.
0: His family and to Justin. Justin Blaylock was his partner on his YouTube show. Um, life's precious, man. Like if, if there if there's a takeaway, to me, there's two takeaways. Number one is that life is precious. Never take it for granted. Got your blessings every day. And number two, uh, I've got a lot of faith in humanity. Watching how people reacted to Damar Hamlin on uh, on Monday night. The charity aspect. I got. I think I had one tweet asking about. Well, what does this mean for my fantasy league? And be patient. <laughs> you, you'll get your. Someone will be your fantasy champion. It's not important right now. Yeah. So um, I, I'm grateful for all that.
1: Yeah. As far as fantasy goes, we're we're waiting on the NFL to determine what's going to happen with the game. So let's just see what happens there, and then we can reassess everything on pause, everything on hold right now. Um, and, hey, man, I remember when Rashad Penny was saying that he got really down in his career because of all the negative stuff he saw on Twitter, all the fans criticizing him. I mean, can we just – everything that's happened, just, like, never do that, please. It's just these people are, are human beings, right? So uh, it shouldn't take something like this to remind us of that, but you have no right to, to just – be a jerk to, to football players or anyone you know so just just keep that in mind and let's just oh you know you know talk Dave's talking about the good in humanity let's always have the good in humanity right it shouldn't take something like this let's always be our best selves uh, going forward okay you guys ready to talk a little fantasy football here and try to put some normalcy back in everyone's life. All right, here we go. Jamie, we're looking at the waiver wire here, and a big storyline, of course, will be who's sitting players, which teams don't have anything to play for. We'll update you on that in a moment, but who are some of the waiver wire priorities? And also, how are we um, approaching it this week a little bit different than in normal weeks? Not going to talk about the Dawson Knox, David Njoku kind of uh, player. So, yeah, let's talk about the waiver wire for Week 18.
2: I think if you're still playing in your fantasy league, you, you obviously know the players who are, are relevant at this point. You know, at least the way I'm, I I approached writing the column and giving you notes on this is, you know, the the fringe guys by far, you know, and, there, and there's a few guys that we've talked about a lot. Brock Purdy still mentioned. Um, Jahan Dotson still mentioned. Uh, Zach Moss is still mentioned. I think he's probably the prize uh, if he's still available in your leagues, you know, so that's probably still more of a shallow league guy. But, you know, this is really more about like you mentioned, the, the teams that are resting players. So Matt Breida may be somebody that could help you this week. Uh, maybe Keyshawn Vaughn, you know, just looking at the two teams that are kind of locked into their spots, the, the Bucks, the four seed, and the Giants and the six seed. I know there's been some different reports on who's playing, who's not playing, potentially for the for those respective rosters. So we'll have to just sort of wait and see. But a guy like Rashid Shaheed could be great, you know, just looking at this Panther secondary and what he's done. Um, I think Tyler Conklin, if he's still available, clearly you saw what he was able to do last week in his relationship with Mike White, rapport with Mike White. Uh, Corey Clement, potentially if James Connors out, you know, it's not, there's not a lot of like, oh my God, this guy's going to help you if you're still playing. But, you know, there are still some guys that could, you know, be plug and plays for those 14 team leagues, 16 team leagues, you know, deeper 12 team leagues that could, uh, could be flex plays for you.
1: Now, how good do you think Zach Moss could be? Because, you know, he's done a respectable job, just hasn't had a ton of work, not getting any catches. Last two weeks against the Chargers and the Giants, and you thought, oh, wow, Zach Moss had some great matchups. Can't get any better than that. Well, you play in a week 18. Zach Moss has the Houston Texans. Dave, how good do you think Zach Moss could be this week?
0: He can be OK. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't use him expecting 100 yards and a touchdown or anything like that. But he seems to be the Colts featured running back has a shot to get you in the neighborhood of 80 total yards.
1: So I think let's talk about who could be resting their starters. And I think it seems like maybe the worst case scenario is what the Bucks might end up doing or is starting their guys, but we just don't know for how long. So, you know, Jamie, what's your pulse on who's going to be resting this week? Who fan- the fantasy owners probably should can't sit here right now on Tuesday thinking if I'm playing in week 18, I'm starting Saquon Barkley or Leonard Fournette. Well, uh, which let's talk about the teams you think could be either partially or fully resting players.
2: I think it's the Giants and the Bucks. You know, I, I know Todd Bowles saying, you know, his quote was we have to keep our foot on the gas. Brian Dable sort of saying the same thing Sunday uh, afternoon after the Giants win and then sort of backtracking about, back that a little bit on Monday when he said we have to do what's best for the team. I, I'd be shocked for the Giants if they played Barkley at all. Like, why would you risk that in any way, shape, or form? You know, Daniel Jones, maybe you play him for a quarter, but to me it's the same thing. Like, why would you risk those guys? Uh, I saw a lot of the Bucs beat writers saying that Brady's going to want to play, so that probably plays a factor in this. But by playing Brady, you have to play the offensive line, and the line has been so beat up, you know. So maybe they want to get a series or two to get Ryan Jensen some comfort factor in there, you know, just with the group if he's able to go. But for me, you know, I, I would look at it as I'm not if for fantasy. I'm not playing Barkley. I'm not playing Fournette. I'm not playing White. Uh, I'm not looking at Godwin and Evans and and even the Giants receivers as priorities because I don't expect them to be out there very long, especially the quarterbacks being out there very long. So I think for those two teams respectively, you look at backups. The trickier ones for me, though, to be honest with you, it's more about like the Vikings playing the Bears if they're going to certainly rest Justin Fields. Um, The the Chargers against the Broncos, you know, because those are winnable games for, for the Vikings and Chargers respectively. So mostly with the running backs. You know, uh, Thomas Schaefer brought up a great point yesterday uh, with how bad the field is in Chicago. You know, and knowing that they just lost another offensive lineman for who knows how long in O'Neal, um, are they going to want to risk playing on that field for you know the extent of time that they need to be out there? Not the Viking, granted, the Vikings are saying. I'm sorry. The Vikings. The Vikings, yeah, yeah. They're, 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 they say something wrong. I know. I don't know um, if you say. I, I don't know if you were
1: talking about the Vikings or the Bears, but you're talking about the, the Vikings.
2: The Vikings playing at the Bears. Yeah. Um, there's obvious, you know, playoff implications if they want to get the two or the three seed, they're now out of the running for the one seed, you know, so those things factor in for the Chargers. They clearly want to be the five seed because they want to play the four. That's the easiest matchup for the AFC. So those things you have to take into account. So they're going to play their guys, but, you know, just to, to how long are those guys going to be out there? You know, so Eckler, you know, if they have a lead, he's probably coming off the field. So Joshua Kelly could be somebody you're looking at Alexander Madison, you know, if, if they decide they want to rest Dalvin Cook, you know, so those, those those things come into play, you know, for for this week on top of just team X resting guys, it's also teams that may start to pull guys back. You have to factor that in.
1: Uh yeah, I mean it's interesting for Minnesota. In order for them to get the 2 seed, they would need the Niners to lose to the Cardinals and they'd have to beat the Bears. And it's so unrealistic for the you know relatively speaking in the NFL everything's in play but for the niners to lose well, the there, raiders Arizona, just
0: pushed the 49ers yeah, I know. to ot
1: i know but but that game there i mean that game is the niners game is a 425 game and the vikings play at 1 so i don't, you just do wonder how they're going to approach this at such a bad game last week against the packers and so and so many injuries on that offensive line so that is certainly one that's in question Uh, And this is why people don't really like playing into week eighteen. Understandable. Jamie, can I give you a start of the week recommendation, Uh, or just insisting? I'm gonna, I'm gonna help you. I'm gonna take that burden off your plate. Okay, you ready? Okay. Start of the week is Boston Scott. Against the Giants. (laughs) Giants. (laughs) He has scored eight touchdowns in seven career games against the Giants. And you can see the Giants just not playing, really, and the Eagles crushing them. And we're expecting Jalen Hurts to play, right? Are you guys going to rank Jalen Hurts? Have you ranked Jalen Hurts?
0: Yeah, we've ranked Jalen Hurts. We are expecting him to play. He's not going to be at 100%. He might not be asked to do a whole heck of a lot, but he should be out there.
1: Okay. Uh, you want to take a little break from fantasy and talk NFL draft, check out a new podcast of ours with Ryan Wilson and former general manager, Rick Spielman. It is called with the first pick. It is a brand new podcast. It is awesome. Uh, with the first pick, they're going to dive deep into mock drafts, prospect profile, stock watch, and more. This is really a perfect time too, because you've got, um, you know, the college football, the, the best bowl games have been going on and you got the championship coming up and you've got players to know about and, it's we didn't have um, well, we had a, a wide receiver in drafted in the top 10 right? Just was Garrett Wilson top 10. Drake London was. Uh, Wilson was 11 maybe, but uh, it's going to be different this year. There's going to be quarterbacks. B. John Robinson could end up there. It's going to be more fantasy uh, more fantasy relevant in the NFL draft this year. So start scouting these players right now and if you want to learn about them, check out that podcast with the first pick anywhere you listen to podcasts. Your news and notes. All right, the Dolphins quarterback situation. We don't know what it's going to be right now. It could be Skyler Thompson against the Jets. Teddy Bridgewater has a dislocated finger. Tuatunga Bailoa is not in play this week as he remains in the concussion protocol. The Dolphins need a win against the Jets and the Bills to beat the Patriots. Uh, the Patriots to lose, basically. I um, don't know when that game would be played, but uh, that's what the Dolphins need to get into the playoffs. The Steelers, by the way, um, need the Bills, Dolphins to lose, and the Steelers themselves to beat the Browns. They have a pretty good chance, a pretty decent chance, even though they need a lot to happen, to get into the playoffs. Uh, so we don't know who it's going to be for the Dolphins. Could be Bridgewater, could be Ty- uh, Skylar Thompson. So uh, get, like, if you have Tyreek Hill, Dave, if you have Jalen Waddell, I mean, you've got to be making waiver
0: wire plans, right? You're in trouble. Where do you think you'll rank? I don't know if you're necessarily making waiver wire pl- plans. No, I, like, aren't you just, you're probably just going to start them and accept the your lumps. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, I can hear. I don't, I don't know about Waddle.
1: I mean, I, th- I can't imagine sitting Hill, but I don't know about Waddle. What about you? Like, what do you think?
2: I'm not sitting Tyreek Hill. I, I, Waddle is somebody that you could potentially get away from, but not for any waiver wire guys.
0: Right.
1: Um... Okay. Okay. So you wouldn't start like a Jahan Dotson over a Jalen Waddle of Skylar Thompson were a quarterback because it is also the Jets. I mean, not until we know
2: the Washington quarterback situation as well.
1: Yeah, right. I mean, they. Is it possible that they go to um, their rookie, uh, the UN uh, out of UNC? Sorry, Sam Howell. It's possible, right? That's what
0: I'm almost expecting to happen.
1: Okay. Lamar Jackson's status is unclear for this week. Uh, Josh Dobbs is going to start for Tennessee at the Jaguars. Sam Ellinger is going to start for the Colts against Houston, and we're expecting Jalen Hurts to start for the Eagles as they need a win to wrap up the one seed and a first-round bye.
2: James Conner is day-to-day... How crazy would it be, though, if they fall to the five? Like That's just so nuts.
1: Wouldn't it be? Oh, yeah, crazy. Um, James Conner, day-to-day with a shin injury. Are you guys thinking any reason to think josh jacobs wouldn't play this week he's been he got banged up and he's been banged up
2: i wouldn't play if i were him i mean you know it, it's the equivalent of like these college kids opting out of bowl games like what what does he have to gain you know yes i'm sure he wants to be the rushing yards leader and that's a, a an unbelievable you know goal for any running back but he's also looking at you know the biggest payday of his life potentially and why would you risk that
1: yeah, I know he did last week. You know, last week we could have said the same thing. He played, and
2: I did say the same. Thing. I like, know, right? Yeah. I was-
0: <laughs> What's his lead right now for the rushing title? How many yards? It's, is it's, I
2: mean, it's got to be like 200 yards. I'll tell you in a second. I got it. I got it. I'll look for it.
1: <laughs> oh, it's a race. Um, and yeah, Las Vegas eliminated from the playoffs.
2: He's up uh, 160 yards on Nick Chubb. Chubb. And what? The, so they play Saturday, so he won't know. Well, they both they both play Saturday, so.
0: 160 yards.
2: Uh, in they, 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 Cleveland,
0: I think Jacobs could. Cleveland say. plays Sunday. Wow,
2: Derrick Henry
1: against
0: the Jaguars. We know how that goes from time to time.
1: <laughs> well, you said Nick Chubb or Derrick Henry. Who's who's in the rate? What's the? Uh...
0: He, Chubb is currently ahead of Henry. Okay. It's Josh Jacobs with 1,608 yards.
2: Yeah, so it's it's 100, Nick Chubb's 100,
0: got 1448 yards. Derrick Henry is
2: 1429.
1: Okay, so Chubb plays on Sunday. And Henry on Saturday. Uh, the two Saturday games, by the way, are the uh, Kansas City Chiefs at the Raiders at 4:30, and Titans Jaguars to decide the AFC South at 8:15. The Sunday night game, excited for this one. Detroit at Green Bay, uh, playoff spot. Well, it's interesting because that
2: game could be that that game. The... Go ahead. Oh. Well, I was to say Seattle got screwed with that one. Absolutely screwed. Yep, they sure did.
0: Well, okay, well, so go ahead. Now, okay. they they well, who got screwed more? Could it be the Lions that got screwed more?
2: No, Seattle got screwed more because Seattle needs the Packers to lose, and so if the Seahawks win, the Lions know they're eliminated. And right. So, but I think the Lions are going to play tough. I, I, I agree one thousand percent. But the motivation is gone of getting into the playoffs yeah. if they know the Seahawks win.
0: Like the so, whole purpose of not planning around the times until like the the Sunday or Monday morning of uh before week 18 the whole point of that is so that you can get teams playing at the
2: same time mm-hmm. without
0: knowing whether or not they've got that motivation. But there were so many than, so
2: many scenarios though for this week that it was it was almost impossible.
0: They could have they could have easily put they they could have put both those games at 425.
1: Yeah.
2: I, they could have, but you know they also have to think about their TV audience. Right. So
0: Right, Aaron Rodgers at Lambeau Field going for a playoff berth is is what's going to draw the biggest rating. Not Titans, Jaguars going for the AFC South crown. Now
2: yeah. they may they may have put the the Bengals Ravens game had the Bengals lost last night, and Lamar Jackson playing like that would have been must see TV too.
0: Right, but they had already decided what the Sunday night game was going to be. Yes, probably because Lamar
2: Jackson's not playing.
0: Probably, but,
1: yeah. All right. Uh, other news. Christian McCaffrey has an ankle injury. Uh, should we be, or I'll call it an issue. Jamie, should we be preparing for, uh, a, for a different uh, 49ers running back?
2: I mean, you, you, you certainly could have that on your mind. You know, I, I would anticipate, again, the fact that they can get the one seed that they're going to play and um, also want to lock up probably the two seed, too. You know, just knowing how the NFC is looking right now, that every team feels somewhat vulnerable. So, you know, the Eagles lose their their home field throughout playoffs as opposed to, you know, maybe having to go to Minnesota. Not that they probably care about that, but still, I, I'm going to guess McCaffrey's fine.
1: Okay, and let's see. Um, Jacoby Myers' shoulder injury, that's one we'll keep an eye on, and there's some defensive injuries. J.C. Horn out for the season, so so uh, that's why Jamie might like some, uh, some Saints guys on the waiver wire this week. All right, let's, uh, let's take a little break here. We'll come back, and I think the first thing we'll do is I'm going to ask you a few questions about waiver wire lessons from 2022, and then we'll just go through all the players on the waiver wire at each position. We'll be right back on Fantasy Football today. Welcome back to the show, everybody. All right, so let's talk. i got some questions here about just your, your waiver wiring from the season. So first question is, were you able to successfully stream quarterbacks this season? Was this a good year for streaming quarterbacks? Jamie, you can start. What do you think?
2: No. Uh, you know, it, at, at points it was, but for the most part, no. You know, I, I think this year, um, I, I, I said this a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about playoff options for quarterbacks. It, it felt like there were much more much more people in most of my leagues rostering two quarterbacks as opposed to previous years. So it was it was a little bit more challenging. Now, as the injuries unfolded, you know, with Brock Purdy and Mike White and some of these other guys, you know, a little bit later in the season, it, it, you, you found some options, Gardner Minshew. Um, but for the most part, you know, I think once people got their hands on Justin Fields, they weren't dropping the other guy that they picked up or, or were starting. Um, even people were holding on to Brady through his struggles and Rogers through his struggles, and uh, Derek Carr was hoarded in a lot of leagues. You know, so it was it was those type of guys that you usually find that you weren't finding as successfully as in years past.
0: But I, I thought that there were still plenty of times where. There there, there were instances where you got some hits off the waiver wire. There's Geno. You mentioned Justin Fields. People drafted Justin Fields, and after the first three weeks of the season, they were cutting Justin Fields. And he ended up coming back and and being a rock star. Uh, In the leagues where Tua wasn't drafted, he became a, a guy that people cemented in as their starter. Jared Goff had a lot of really good moments. Same thing with Trevor Lawrence. And even Daniel Jones, even Daniel Jones, Adam, he yeah. was able to go and put up some good, some good games. So I, I'd like to think that it was a, it wasn't the best year for streaming quarterbacks, but I think you made it through. Okay.
2: Yeah, but I don't think like to Adam's question though, you could go week to week. Like once you picked up these guys, they weren't being dropped. Yeah. So you're, you're right. Dave. There, there were guys to find off waivers and most of it was earlier in the season. But it wasn't like, okay, I'm going to go from this guy to this guy because the matchup's good and that guy to that guy because the matchup's good. It was once people had these guys, they weren't dropping them.
0: Well, but isn't that what you're supposed to do when you're streaming is once you get somebody who's good, you, you
2: – But but even if them. they weren't producing, you know, that's what I was getting at with Rodgers and Brady. You know, people were still holding on to those guys yeah. and still, you know – I mean, I, I could go through a lot of my leagues where I see people have three quarterbacks. It was just a little ridiculous with just how people were, were holding their quarters. I had, a, I had a conversation with somebody yesterday who were asking me, why aren't we going to push quarterbacks up? more next year because of how great Mahomes was and how great Allen was and just the security of those guys and Jalen Hurts and, and those quarterbacks. And, you know, I, I said, we just finished talking about our our top 12 guys. When I look at the list and, and you're seeing, you know, uh, of of our consensus, top 12, the five of us who, who gave rankings, you know, that Daniel Jones isn't ranked and uh, Kirk Cousins was only for two of us and Jared Goff is not ranked. And, you know, th- these, these other guys that are still going to be factors. Like for me, I'm not going to, go that route yet, but I certainly understand how people would say, okay, I'm just going to take Mahomes or, or around and say, and just forget it. And just know that I have that locked up almost like tight end.
1: Yeah. I, I couldn't, I was a guy who hoarded quarterbacks because I couldn't afford to drop them because I, I just didn't a lot of, in some of my leagues I just didn't feel like I had a reliable guy, you know? And so I just would play the matchups week to week. So uh, yeah, I think that that hurt the streaming. Uh, yeah, it was a bad year for quarterbacks. There were a lot of the Brady, Brady, Russell Wilson. You know, Dak Prescott got hurt. A lot of quarterbacks let us down. So if you yep. found someone, Rogers. on the waiver, yeah, right. If you found someone on waiver wire that was and Lamar, good, right, right. All right, next question for you, were, you guys. You were
2: you were basically streaming within your own team.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was the waiver wire. Next question for you guys um, was holding on to handcuffs handcuff running backs worth it. And how did the backup running backs do when the starters got hurt? You know, the when you went and you spent all your fab on that backup running back Dave, how did that
0: turn out for fantasy managers? So the one example that I had, I had Zamir White in so many leagues whether I had Josh Jacobs or not, and it it clearly did not work out because Zamir White never had the opportunity. Josh, Josh Jacobs stayed healthy and was a rock star all year long, but uh, I think about the people who drafted Dalvin Cook and Alexander Madison. Almost the same exact thing. Dalvin Cook, who wasn't necessarily himself this year, still stayed healthy, and Alexander Madison only had you know very limited moments of putting up some good production. I don't know if there's an example outside of like the Patriots running backs. Maybe some people had Stevenson and Damien Harris on the same roster, um, and and I don't know if there's necessarily a guy who came off the waiver wire at running back, who you picked up as a handcuff and then became just like an amazing starter over the course of the season. Tyler Algier, maybe. So I, I don't think it was a particularly good year for that.
1: Jamie, last question. Yeah, every week it seemed like uh, we, we talk about, oh, good wide receivers on the waiver wire this week. Uh, it definitely seemed like the deepest position in the waiver wire. Should that influence the way we draft the position next season?
2: that you want to wait for waiver wire options during the year to emerge?
0: Mm, no. no, but maybe
2: maybe what Adam means is
0: to not prioritize receiver because you know you can find somebody. I mean, I talked about this back last August, yeah. about how every week there's somebody who you could look at and say, okay, this guy's got a shot to get me 10 to 15 PPR points, and you pick up that receiver. So you don't prioritize receivers heavily on draft day. Is that what you meant, Adam? Yeah. Hmm?
2: I guess you could do that as, you know, if we're talking three receiver leagues with a fourth option or fifth option, I don't want to go into my draft, come out of my draft and say, okay, I'm, I'm waiting for Richie James, you know, I'm wait, I'm waiting for, (laughs) you know, Romeo Dobbs, Uh, you know, I'm waiting for those type of guys that, you know, may or may not emerge after the first couple of weeks of the season or waiting as the season unfolds. But yeah, I think if you're talking about not necessarily prioritizing your depth, and I think this probably speaks more to maybe drafting a second quarterback or a second tight end at this point because, you know, people are still going to kind of yes. hoard running backs to that degree. So, you know, if, if you want to maybe give up the the sixth receiver or or, or the, the fifth or sixth receiver that you're drafting, then you can you can go that route. For me, I'm still going to try and swing for the fences with those guys on draft day. And if I have to drop them for a waiver wire, I'll still do that. But, you know, I'm, I'm not going to draft with the idea of waiting for the waiver wire to save me and stream that position week to week. I get it.
1: I, I'm obviously having some internet issues here again, which is very frustrating. It seemed like uh, everything was going great for the first 15 to 16 weeks of the season, but my internet's been a horrible lately. And I apologize for that. I'll reset it after the show, and it'll fix everything. I don't really—I've had some bad weather here that might be affecting it, so I'm sorry if that's uh, affecting uh, your listening or viewing experience here. Um, if I could ask a follow-up question here, uh, when do I get my formal apology— for being berated for drafting uh, two or three quarterbacks at every draft that we did at the beginning of the season. <laughs> I was uh, I was right.
2: I don't know if you were right if you if you drafted three guys and you didn't have one that you liked.
1: True, true. <laughs> right, I didn't you, just, all you just
0: drafted a headache.
1: Yeah, it's true. I was wrong. All right, to the waiver wire then. Let's talk about the quarterbacks that we're going to be streaming this week. Uh, Jamie's priority, Brock Purdy. He is 62% rostered. He is facing the Cardinals. Um, the last six quarterbacks against the Cardinals, Garoppolo scored 33 points. Herbert scored 33 points. And then the next four quarterbacks combined scored 33 points. They are Mac Jones, Brett Rippon, Tom Brady, and Desmond Ritter. We still consider this a good matchup, and Purdy's getting you around 20 points, basically, uh, weekly basis. Jared Stidham threw for 365 yards, and and the 49ers had the fourth highest pressure rate Last week, um, and he was still able to t- to deliver 31 points against the Niners. So he gets the Chiefs, who give up the second most fantasy points. So it's Purdy one, Stidham two, uh, and then it's Mike White, Andy Dalton, etc. Et Davis Mills, Skylar Thompson, two QB guys. So it, Jamie, is it is um is it really a two man race? Like if you're playing in a normal 12 team league, Purdy and Stidham, and then the rest.
2: I wouldn't even start these guys in 12 team leagues, you know, if you don't have to, but you know, I, I still think if you're desperate and you're, you know, as, as we sort of alluded to here, you know, you don't have Lamar Jackson, you don't have maybe Justin Fields who might sit, you know, based on some of the reports, you know, Daniel Jones has been your guy and you have to find some other option, Tom Brady as well, you know, so Purdy, Stidham and White, you know, I, I hope Mike White is still the starter. I'd like to see him for at least one more game. It's a homecoming game for him. He grew up in South Florida, you know, so that, that's something that could be fun. Uh, and then. The Dolphins, obviously, especially if Xavier Howard doesn't play again, you know, could still be a leaky matchup as they just gave up 20 fantasy points to Mac Jones. So um, those those three would be the one. You know, Dalton is you alluded to this uh, with with the JC Horn injury. They've been bad to the last three weeks against quarterbacks. So you know, Dalton, what might be his last start ever, or at least as a regular starter ever, um, you know, is 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 interesting. And then I, I cut it off after Davis Mills. Mills had 19 points against the Colts in Week One. It could also be his last chance as a starter, and the Colts have obviously been leaking fantasy points five of seven since Jeff Saturday took over twenty one or more fantasy points as well. So uh, the latter two more two quarterback leagues as you mentioned, but really all of them are just you know uh, deep league type of guys, desperation type of plays, DFS options as well. You know, so uh, th- th- those are the the four or five best that you're looking at.
1: Okay, um, Dave, anything to add? Like, if you were going to start Purdy or, or Stidham or somebody this week, who would it be? over i mean would any any like typical starters other than the guys that, like like Tom Brady i mean you can't even trust them to play a full game but who else yeah right yeah
0: the Tom Brady Daniel Jones uh you're going to have to wait and see on Kirk Cousins if i've got Kirk Cousins on my fantasy squad and i don't have another quarterback i'm racing to get Purdy or Dalton uh those are my top 2 um to get as a possible replacement just in case that the the Vikings announce that they're not going to play their starters because they've got so little to play for in a meaningless game at Chicago. But the, the one element that I like about Purdy is not only is it a great matchup against Arizona, and I know the Cardinals have been terrible against the run, the 49ers might just run it no matter what, no matter who they have, but I'd be surprised if McCaffrey plays a full game. Now, he might get in there and total two touchdowns on 10 carries for 50 yards or something like that, so you're going to start him. But it wouldn't surprise me if he ended up playing a lot less than normal and maybe they do a little bit more with Brock Purdy to get him ready for this playoff trip that they're about to embark on.
1: So you're not really buying Jared Stidham. I mean, I went, I watched his all of his dropbacks. It was actually pretty impressive. I thought he played well. And like I said, under duress for a lot of the game. And and that was against the Niners. This, he is, did. Against the, this is against the Chiefs here. Only four quarterbacks all year haven't scored 20 points against the Chiefs. So Dave, over under 20 points for
0: Stidham. Uh, I'm going to say, I will say, I, I want to say like 20 on the dot. I'll say over just to be optimistic, and say that Jarrett Stidham, who's a you know a former, I think he was at one point the top quarterback prospect in the nation, um, hmm. who just awesome pedigree coming out of high school, and just things didn't work when he went to college. He went to two different schools, and then in the NFL, it obviously hasn't worked out until right now. I does is there a high ceiling? Sure, but with a week's worth of film on him, and the Chiefs looking to cement their status. As the number one seed in the AFC, wouldn't surprise me if they had a good game against Siddham and made them look like what we expect Jared Situm to look like.
1: <laughs> uh Jamie. One last guy I want to ask you about: Russell Wilson, fifty-one percent rostered, facing the Chargers. Your thoughts?
2: Don't want to trust Russell Wilson against Chargers. I think Chargers defense has certainly turned the corner the last few weeks. Joey Bosa's coming back. Uh, you know, Russ took advantage of the Chiefs twice, and I, I think that's kind of why you buy into Jared Situm. It's more about the Chiefs than it is about the Broncos.
1: All right, let's go to the running backs and Zach Moss. Zach Moss had 15 carries at the Giants last week for 74 yards, 12 carries the week before, 24 carries in that game against Minnesota, the game that Jonathan Taylor left. And in the last four games, the Houston Texans have allowed seven rushing touchdowns to running backs and two receiving touchdowns. Mm. So he is the prize this week. Zach Moss, 48% rostered. Jamie, um, break down uh, the running back position. You got Moss. You got Matt Breida, Giants' backup running back. Um, also, Gary Brightwell could get in there, but you know, uh, you got you got the Buck situation with Keyshawn Vaughn and Gio Bernard. Is, is there anyone that you're looking at though that that definitely has a role other than Zach Moss, or is he really the only one?
2: He's, I mean, Corey Clement could if James Conner is sitting. Just in terms of guys with roles, you know, that you're you're counting on, and not Kaiser. So I, I think, you know, if you're just looking at um, potential, you know, I mean, you got to remember that if Matt Breida playing and, and Keyshawn Vaughn is playing, they're playing with backups, too. So that's just something to keep in mind. So, you know, I, I should probably put Jordan Mason on this list also just in case, you know, the, the 49ers pull back on, on Christian McCaffrey. But, you know, like I said, Joshua Kelly, uh, Alexander Madison, these type of guys, there's just no certainty about when they may get into the game, what the situation is when they're in the game, who they're playing with when they're in the game. You know, so you have to factor that in. So these are more DFS plays, I think, than anything else. So desperation type of guys in deeper leagues. But you know, if the starters play the majority of the game for the 49ers, for the Chargers, for the Vikings, then then you're gonna get minimal production from those guys anyway. So it's 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 just risky. I, I hope we get by the end of the week, you know, some reports that Giants will sit guys or Giants will play a series or 49 or right. Bucks will sit guys, Bucks will play a series. You know, it's it's always tricky with that, but hopefully something leaks out.
1: Anything to add about running backs, Dave? And I also want to get your thoughts on Chuba Hubbard. He's 48% rostered, can get you three catches in a game. Um, he's you know he's one of the guys that actually has a role, uh, not necessarily a great one, but your thoughts no. on running backs plus Chuba Hubbard?
0: Uh, no, I, I don't think I have anything really to add about the running backs. I like Zach Moss the best of the bunch. Don't really want to trust any of the backup running backs that might end up getting a good workload unless we know for sure that there's no Saquon Barkley. And then hopefully it's Matt Breida, but Breida's a veteran. They might go right to Brightwell. Um, Same thing in Arizona. Uh, Corey Clement's been in this league a long time. Do they they give him the mop-up duty, or do they let Keontae Ingram take on the work? So a lot of questions. There's going to be some frustration. You said it before, Adam. This is why we don't want to play fantasy football the last week of the regular season. As for Chuba Hubbard, my guess is that he'll end up being the guy on the field a little bit more for the Panthers. It's it's always a game script thing. Game script worked against Deontay Foreman by the time um, that the fourth quarter came around for Carolina. They were ahead, actually, and he still only had 13 carries, so maybe I'm wrong on that. But I think Hubbard will be the one that ends up being just okay. Could get you to 10 PPR points. Okay, Jamie, let's take a look at the wide
1: receivers here. And uh, you've got Rashid, Rashid Shahid, number one, because Carolina is just... Maybe the best matchup right now. They're so So depleted in the secondary. Uh, Jahan Dotson is two. Dallas has been really bad. In Dallas's last five games, there have been five receivers, I want to say, that have been in the seven to nine target range, and that's where Dotson has lived recently. And they've come through. Alec Pierce had a good game. Zay Jones had a huge game. A.J. Brown, 100 yards. Robert Woods caught a touchdown. Traylon Burks, four catches, 66 yards. That's all with with seven to nine targets, and that's what Dotson's been getting. So Dallas' secondary is kind of we've been using the word leaking a lot. They've been one of them. Uh, Greg Dortch had ten targets. Maybe maybe he gets Colt McCoy back. We'll see. Oh, how about this? He gets the Niners. The Niners allow the second most receiving yards to wide receivers this year. Out of the to slot wide receivers, out of this. Uh, so that's interesting for Dortch. Those are your top three. Why don't you talk about them, and then we'll look at the rest of the list. Shahid Dotson Dortch, Jamie.
2: Shahid's been playing really well, you know. And and again, indoor surface. Olave still fighting through the hamstring injuries, what it seems like. Matchup is great, you know, so uh, has a chance to be a number three receiver. None of these guys are must-start guys in two-receiver leagues. Uh, Dotson, you mentioned, you know, his production tailed off a little bit last week with Wentz. Who knows what they do at quarterback, so we'll see. That's still the biggest question mark. Um, But, yes, Dallas defense has not been as good, and, you know, you always like to see young players finish strong. I think Washington would surely like to see another big game from, from Dotson uh dorch is obviously risky you know 10 targets and did nothing with it basically and so hopefully that changes this week with better quarterback play for him not that you know david blau was necessarily the entire reason for it but um obviously feel more comfortable with colt mccoy uh I, if you told me right now the giants were playing their guys clearly richie james and isaiah hodgins would be the the top two guys to go get based on what they've been doing and how they should be able to operate certainly richie james i mean i, I I don't think I had him ranked high enough last week with how much I liked him, and, and, and he was, again, great because of Kenny Moore not being there for the Colts. Um, Kadarius Tony's in a good spot, you know, with what the, the Chiefs look like against the Raiders and, and just the fact that he's healthy. Traylon Burks, you know, again, led them in receiving yards last week. They're probably going to be throwing in, in this game against the Jaguars. Um, one, one, one sneaky play just to tie in the Colts is Chris Moore. If he continues to play in the slot for them, for the Texans, uh, we, we just have seen it now, consistent production from that position. Uh, they've been rotating guys in the slot Houston has, so it's not a guarantee that Chris Moore will stay there, but, um, if he's in that spot, then it could be a good opportunity for him. He played
0: 51, 52% of the snaps in the slot last week for Houston. So if they, Amari Rogers played more, he just didn't play as many snaps. So that's, that's the rotation Rogers and Moore. It probably depends on who they've got healthy, a wide receiver. If they end up somehow being healthy and they feel good about their outside receivers, you'll probably see more of Rodgers in the slot than more.
2: Yeah. Well, who would be healthy for them? Well,
0: if Dorsett, if they want to keep giving Dorsett work, Dorsett's the guy who's been lining up outside a lot with Brandon Cooks. But he's healthy, though, right? Yeah. Health may not have been the right term. Good might have been the right term. <laughs> like, do they want to give Chris Moore an opportunity and, and kind of let Philip Dorsett take, take a rest?
1: Well, uh, yeah, I mean, and, and look, if you're in shallower leagues or maybe even a 12-team league, Brandon Cooks is 69% roster. We we're not really talking about those guys much, but the Colts have allowed 76 yards or a touchdown to nine wide receivers in their last four games. Um, they just got uh, embarrassed by Daniel Jones and the Giants wide receivers, so this might be a week where you stream Brandon Cooks. Uh, if Cooks were available, would you would you pick him up over... All these guys, Shahid, Dotson, Dorich, Tony, Burks, etc. Yeah.
0: yeah, I love the matchup so much for Shahid. I think I'd rather take Shahid.
1: What about Kadarius Tony? He didn't run a ton of routes. He didn't play all that much, but very productive. Four catches for 71 yards. A couple of really nice downfield catches on the first one. Of, of course, he made a man miss and broke a tackle. It's what he does. Facing the Raiders, they are a great matchup right now. Um, I just want to see him play a little bit more, Dave, but you know, we've talked about it on HQ tomorrow. Is is Kadarius Tony going to be the number one receiver or tomorrow? Yesterday, we talked about it. Yesterday, is Kadarius Tony going to be the number one receiver for the Chiefs next season? I mean, certainly auditioning for that, and he's very talented. So, uh, and and he got let's let's compare him to Traylon Burks, right? Who'd you rather stream this week, Tony at the Raiders or Burks at the Jaguars? Both with great great matchups. Um, your thoughts, Dave?
0: I've got Burks ranked higher because I know he'll play more snaps than Kadarius Tony and Tony's doing amazing things, but it's on limited snaps. What happens if he, you know, if he only gets four targets on 20 snaps and he doesn't come through with anything better than what he just gave you. I'd rather take my chances with Traylon Burks, even with Josh Dobbs. You could be fairly encouraged by what you saw from Dobbs last Thursday. And to think that against Jacksonville's secondary, that's a, that's a winnable matchup for Burks. Any interest in T Y Hilton? No. Do I get points for what he did in 2016? Well, he did 50 yards last week.
1: Maybe bigger role coming. I don't know.
0: I'd rather start Kadarius Tony. Yeah. (laughs) Silly as that sounds.
1: No, it's not silly.
0: All right. Tony might play more snaps. Yeah.
1: All right. Tight ends here. Okay. Jamie, who are the top tight ends to get on the waiver wire?
2: I think the first two are relatively easy to trust. uh, Tyler Conklin and Jawan Johnson. Conklin now another productive game with Mike White. Dolphins are bad against tight ends. So three of the last four starts with White under center. Conklin has at least six targets, you know, six for 60 in this game against Seattle. Clearly better matchup, but not far off for Miami. And then Jawan Johnson, it's now five of his last seven games with 11 or more PPR points. He just continues to be very productive and is a go-to guy for Andy Dalton. So uh, beat up secondary. I know they've been much better against tight ends than they are against wide receivers of late. But still, uh, with what this guy's been able to, you know, produce and show you, it's worth buying into. So those two are easy. Uh, the next guy for me would be Trey McBride uh, just with the game that he just had against Atlanta without DeAndre Hopkins. Again, we'll see what the quarterback play is because that could matter if Colt McCoy's in uh, by comparison. But Marquise Brown has a, a apparent arm injury that's worth keeping an eye on. James Conner may not play. So, you know, they're just limited in what their pass catching options could be. And McBride is somebody, I think, you know, after 10 targets, seven catches, 78 yards and a touchdown. Hard to overlook that. So, you know, deeper league type of guy, but, you know, somebody worth keeping an eye on. And then Albert O again. Hey, uh, mm. no, Greg Dolchitz and Albert O had a big game. So we'll see if he can back that up again with another big performance.
1: Uh, so Conklin, Jawan Johnson, Trey McBride, Albert O. Now, Dave, tight end's an interesting position because you look at your waiver wire in a lot of leagues and you might see one of or two of Cole Komet, Dawson Knox, David Njoku, Tyler Higby. I mean, Tyler Higby, horrible game last week, but now he's got Seattle. Uh, is does Conklin, even Taysom Hill, Taysom Hill could be out there. Is Conklin ahead of those guys for you? You know, let's talk specifically. We won't put Knox in there. I obviously don't even know the situation with the bills, but Nijoku, yeah. Higby, Komet specifically.
0: Conklin's ahead of the pack. 10 PPR points to a tight end and nine of the Dolphins past 11 games. Jamie talked about the connection that Conklin has with Mike White. Uh I'm buying in. I think he's got a chance to get you over 11 PPR points. That's what I'm looking for. That would be, be a very good week for a fantasy tight end. So I like him best, and I'm still encouraged by Trey McBride. It, it was a big role. He played a lot, got a lot of targets and catches. It's a tough matchup against the 49ers, but the Cardinals, uh, the game script is going to favor him, and David Blau just throwing to make completions, not necessarily to make big splash plays. I think it'll help McBride. So I like him a little bit better than Juwan Johnson, and in PPR definitely over Taysom Hill. And over Tyler Higby, I'll add that.
1: This is going just going back to wide receiver, you know, we, you know, on a Sunday morning, we were, to, we were talking about David Blau's tendencies and who does he throw to, and uh, this is if you want to pick up Greg Dortch or if you want to start him again. If David Blau is the quarterback, he threw a lot to Danny Amendola with uh, with the Lions a few years ago, a ton to Danny Amendola, and then he threw ten times to Greg Dortch. So I, you know, it wasn't good, but it seems like he's going to throw to his slot receiver. All right. Um, I I would start. I'd be me-
0: surprised at this point, though. Well, if- guess who played in the slot thirty percent of the time for Arizona? Who? Trey McBride. Oh, McBride. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Twenty-eight,
0: twenty-nine percent. Jamie, what were you saying? Yeah, McBride was in the slot twenty-nine percent of the time.
2: I'd be very surprised if Colt McCoy doesn't start this week, though. Yeah, I'm kind of rooting for that.
0: Well, you
1: never know. I mean, he had a setback in the concussion Good. protocol, so we we have to we have to just play it by
2: ear. But even but well, that but wouldn't. Kingsbury said Monday he's out of the protocol.
1: Okay, but he would. Okay, good. Okay, so, but that wouldn't sure. be bad. That would still be good for Dorch. I mean, that would still be good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Totally. All right. Uh, what? Oh. Okay. No, I was just gonna say, like, you talk about the connection Conklin has with Mike White. It's it's targets. It's not really that much of a connection. He's it, other than this game against the best matchup against Seattle, he's not catching a lot of them, and that's kind of the problem with Mike White. Mike White's completion percentage has been awful the last three three games he's played. So. I mean, personally, I'd I'd go back to Higby over Conklin because Higby gets the matchup that makes Conklin too, but, look
2: good. But yeah, I I I'd go back to Higby. Also, I hope Higby's healthy though. I wonder how much the elbow injury played into his lack of production last week. You know, he missed a lot of practice time, so just something to keep an eye on there. But uh, yeah, to me, it's 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 the exact matchup that Conklin just right. showed, stood out in. You know, so uh, and and the Baker to Mayfield connection was was definitely working prior to last week. So to me, Higby's an easy start over Conklin.
1: All right, let's talk DSTs here. Jamie's favorite DSTs are the Bengals against the Ravens. I'm assuming that is uh, without Lamar, if, if Lamar Jackson does not play, if it's Huntley again. Uh, the Chargers at Denver. Chargers have been great lately. The Saints against the Panthers. The Saints have been great lately. The Vikings uh, at the Char- at the Bears. It's really, we got to see if Justin Fields plays and whatnot. And the Browns sure. at Pittsburgh. But the top three, Jamie, are the Bengals, the Chargers, and the Saints are these top 12 DSTs.
2: All these are, um, you know, the the Browns. It's it's pretty incredible how few points they've allowed the last month. So you know their defense is playing well. Miles Garrett's talking about you know playing spoiler and knocking Steelers out of the playoffs. So it's not going to be easy for Pittsburgh. The one thing you like about the Steelers, which I'm sure they like about Kenny Pickett, is he doesn't turn the ball over. So we'll see if that continues. But um, yeah, the other the other defenses to me are, are pretty easy uh, if. Few of those scenarios happen. If there is no Lamar Jackson, if there is no Justin Fields, but even with Justin Fields, I mean that that Bears' deep offense has just been struggling. Fields has been turnover prone. So, um, yeah, the the Saints are are great, and I actually had a lot of DSTs that I was looking at this week. You know, the Jets, if Skylar Thompson's playing, you know, the Dolphins with Mike White and his turnovers, um, the Falcons, if you tell me the Bucks are resting guys, uh, uh, you know, there, there's there's several different scenarios that play here with defenses that can help you. So it's a pretty good week for defense. Jaguars have been great, you know, taking on, you know, I don't want to say Josh Dobbs is the end-all be-all and all of a sudden Titans are, are woes are fixed. Uh, but, yeah, there's there's a lot of good DSTs out there for, for this week.
0: He makes – Dobbs makes the Titans offense a, l- a little more dangerous, but I don't think it's, it's to the point where they're – like it's a little more dangerous than with Malik Willis and a lot less dangerous than with Ryan Tannehill. I'm on board with the Jaguars DST – They've given us at least thirteen fantasy points each of their past four games. The Titans have allowed a DST to get at least twelve fantasy points in each of their past five, and ten plus in nine of their past twelve.
2: Yeah, you got to throw that out though, because most of that was was either banged up Tannehill or or Malik Willis. You know, so Dobbs was better last week, and he did it without Derrick Henry against a much better defense of the Cowboys. So. You know, I, I think the Jaguars are good, but I don't want to judge the Titans based on the Malik Willis Titans. I want to judge the Titans with Derrick Henry and see what Dobbs does.
1: Kickers okay. to stream are Youngway Koo, Greg Zerline, Will Lutz, and Jason Sanders. And uh, final question. Would you guys start Zach Moss against Houston or Travis Etienne against the
2: Titans? Uh, Travis Etienne. But, yes. Uh, I, I right now would start Zach Moss over Saquon Barkley and Leonard Fournette.
1: Yeah, well, the ETN had what three points or something like that last time he faced the Titans. So he'll be an interesting one to talk about this week in a must have game. Okay, for Dave and Jamie, I am Adam. Thank you guys for, for watching and listening. Um, thank you for understanding different kind of show today. And of course, we are thinking about DeMar Hamlin and hoping for the best. Uh, if it means anything to you, I did see a, an interview with a doctor on CNN this morning. It was pretty. You know, he said you may not hear anything for a little while, but that's not a bad thing. The fact that he made it to the hospital is a great is a great start for anyone who goes into cardiac arrest. The doctors can do a lot of great things, but it could take a while before you hear anything on Hamlin. So you know, just stay optimistic. And again, check out his charity, the Chasing M's Foundation Community Toy Drive. It's a GoFundMe that's got, as of now, over $3.4 million raised, much of it last night. So we're praying for Demar Hamlin. We're thinking about him. And uh, we will keep you updated on everything you need to know from a fantasy football aspect. And you guys have questions about what's going to happen. And we're just waiting for the NFL to make a determination and we'll go from there. Okay, everybody, thanks again. We'll talk to you tomorrow with our Wednesday
2: show.